Islam practices. This is probably quite a difficult topic. Um, We're going to start off with the five pillars. Five pillars are central. Uh, They have a great impact on daily life. Muslims believe that they are the main principles and beliefs of Islam, just as pillars are used to support a building. The five pillars are the following. The Shahada, Salah, Zakah, Saum and Hajj. But don't worry, we're going to go through each of these in detail. So number one, Shahada is the basic belief of Islam. It translates to, it is usually in Arabic, but the English is, there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is the prophet of Allah. Allah. Sincerely reciting this statement in front of Muslim witnesses is the only requirement for joining the Muslim community. It's recited many times during a lifetime. When a baby's born, it's the first thing that they hear. It's also included in the daily prayers. Muslims should also try to say the Shahada as the very last words before they die. The Shahada is the foundation of the other four pillars. In Shia Islam, Muslims add an extra phrase to the Shahada. They add, and Ali is the friend of God, demonstrating their belief that Ali, who's Muhammad's cousin and son-in-law, was the true successor of Muhammad and that only he and his descendants know the true meaning of the revelation given to Muhammad. Number two is Salah, which are the daily prayers. There's quite a lot to try and learn about these. Sunni Muslims require to pray five times during the day. The times are worked out from the times of sunrise and sunset, so they change slightly each day. Muslims have timetables based on where they are in the world so that they know that the times are right. Shia Muslims combine the midday and afternoon prayers and the sunset and night prayers, so they only pray three times a day. Muslims put a lot of effort into praying, I mean preparing for prayer. They have to ensure they are spiritually clean before they pray. This is achieved by ritual washing or ablution which is called wudu, W-U-D-U. They follow detailed instructions in order to make sure they do it properly, which are outlined in the Quran. I'm going to give you a verse. You who believe when you are about to pray, wash your faces and your hands up to the elbows, wipe your heads, wash your feet up to the ankles, and if required, wash your whole body. Mosques have two special rooms set aside for washing, one for men and one for women. Washing is done under running water rather than using a basin because then it's clean. If water is not available, for example you are in a desert, a dry form of washing is allowed using sand or dust. This illustrates it's not actually about physical cleanliness but spiritual cleanliness. The direction of prayer is also very important. Muslims face the holy city of Mecca. This means that all Muslims are physically and mentally focusing on one place associated with God, in the same way that Muslims should focus every part of their lives on God. If the prayer is taking place outside of a mosque, a special compass is used to show the direction of Mecca. Inside a mosque, many mosques have special carpets that look like separate rows of prayer mats, This gives each person a suitable space to carry their prayers out properly. 
the prayers are led by the imam, who is positioned at the front. Men and women pray at the same time, but in separate spaces. As they are praying, they perform something called the raka, R-A-K apostrophe A-H. I'll give you another verse. So woe to those who pray, but are heedless of their prayer. Heedless is kind of not kind of caring. So the daily prayers are made up of a number of raka, which are a series or sequence of actions. For example, while standing, Muslims recite the first chapter from from the Quran. When they are bowing, they say in Arabic, Glory be to my Lord, who is the very greatest, three times. The bowing position shows they believe God to be great. Returning to an upright position, they then recite a praise to God. They then kneel and prostrate, which is where you put your hands and your face touching the floor, showing complete obedience. They then sit while reciting God is the greatest. Once they've done the required number of raka, they then turn to the right, then to the left, reciting in Arabic, peace be upon you and the mercy and blessings of God. You can then add on personal prayers, which are called dua prayers, D-U apostrophe A. They don't have to be in Arabic and they don't have to have any set form. Muslims believe that God answers their prayers in the way that, that God knows best. There is a particularly important prayer which is called Jumma prayer. Midday every Friday it's considered to be special, called Jumma. All male Muslims are expected to attend a mosque for this prayer and women may do so if they wish. Once the prayer is complete, the imam will deliver a sermon that reminds Muslims of their obligations and duties to God. Although Friday is not a day of rest, Muslims must leave their work or close their businesses in order to attend the Jummah prayer. Prayer is very important as one of the five pillars because God has commanded it. It creates a great awareness of God, which might motivate a Muslim to do God's will. Prayer also unites Muslims worldwide because they all pray in the same way. A Muslim can go into any mosque anywhere in the world and be able to participate with fellow Muslims. In addition, reciting from the Quran during prayers reminds Muslims how important it is. The actions of bowing and prostrating remind them that God is greater and more important than they are. We're now on to the third pillar of Islam, which is Sawm. Ramadan is the ninth month of the Islamic calendar, and for Muslims it's the most important. It was during Ramadan that the Quran was revealed to Muhammad. Many Muslims recite the whole of the Quran in daily sections over the 30 days of Ramadan. During the month of Ramadan, Muslims focus on fasting, sawm, charity and pleasing God. Muslims fast during daylight hours, going without food or drink. They get up every day before sunrise in order to eat and drink enough to keep them going. Then after sunset, the fast is broken and they are allowed to eat until sunrise the next day. Evening meal is often shared with family and friends and then followed with extra prayers and readings from the Quran. The command to fast can be found in the Quran and it has been obligatory for Muslims to fast during Ramadan since the 7th century. Fasting is not just about food and drink. 
smoking and sex are also forbidden during daylight hours. Muslims who live in non-Muslim countries may find this particularly hard because there might be more temptation to break the fast. For example, in the UK, it can be difficult because it would be really difficult to participate in things, for, for instance, in school, doing a PE lesson without being able to drink water. The whole focus is on God and purity of thought is required in order to cleanse the soul. Not all Muslims have to fast during Ramadan. You can be excused, for instance, if you are pregnant or you are sick or you are travelling. You would make up, particularly if you're travelling, you would make up the fasting time at another point. You should also, during Ramadan, um, give to charity as a reminder that the poor feel this way all of the time. The Night of Power is an important festival that marks the beginning of God's revelation to Muhammad. Nobody agrees the exact date of this, but it's believed to be one date during the second half of Ramadan. And so therefore, during that celebration, we remember the time where Muhammad received a message of the Quran from Allah. The fourth pillar is called Zakah. Zakah means almsgiving. For Muslims who have enough savings, it is compulsory for them to give 2.5% of their savings every year to help the poor. Many Muslims work out how much they owe and give the money at the end of Ramadan. By doing this, they're acknowledging that everything they own comes from God and belongs to him, and they should use their wealth to remember God. Only Muslims with savings greater than a certain figure are required to give zakah. Zakah can be donated directly to charity such as Muslim aid or Islamic relief, or it might be put into a collection box in the mosque and be distributed amongst the poor. The Quran makes it clear who should receive zakah. This is a verse from the Quran. Arms are meant only for the poor, the needy. In addition to giving zakah, Muslims are encouraged to voluntarily give their money and their time to charity at any point of the year. This is called sadaqah, S-A-D-A-Q-A-H. By doing this, they're fulfilling a duty given by God. It strengthens communities by making the rich support the poor. Qums is an important part of the Muslim practice in Shia Islam in addition to giving zakah. It literally means a fifth. Originally, it referred to a requirement for Muslims to donate 20% of the spoils of war to the leader, representing the state of Islam. Today, it refers to the excess income that a Shia Muslim has, and it's still set at 20%. But again, this is simply for Shia Muslims. And the final one of the pillars is Hajj. Hajj is a pilgrimage or a journey and it's the fifth pillar of Islam. It is in the holy city of Mecca in Saudi Arabia. Roughly each year about three million Muslims take part in the pilgrimage. A verse in the Quran says, Pilgrimage to the house is a duty owed by, to God by people who are able to undertake it. Muslims believe that around 4,000 years ago, the prophet Ibrahim was told by God to take his wife, Hajira, and son, Ishmael, to Arabia. He was then told to leave Hajira and Ishmael on their own with some supplies of food and water. Within a few days, the supplies ran out, 
and Hegira and Ishmael were suffering from hunger and dehydration. Looking for help, Hegira ran up and down two hills called Safa and Mawa before collapsing beside her son. She prayed to God for help. Ishmael struck his foot on the ground and it caused water to gush up from the earth. They traded some of this water for food and other supplies. When Ibrahim returned, he was told by God to build a shrine dedicated to him, and this became the Kaaba. Ibrahim was told to make the Kaaba a pure place of worship and to call people to perform Hajj there. Many centuries later, the city of Mecca was established nearby using the water from Ishmael's well, the well of Zamzam. Over the years, the people of Mecca became used to worshipping idols, many of which were stored in the Kaaba. In the year 628 CE, Muhammad journeyed from Medina to Mecca with a large group of Muslims, which is seen as the first pilgrimage. And he was angry about the idols in there. So in 630 CE, the Kaaba was returned to the worship of God alone. It is this story that is reflected in Hajj. Before you go, you enter a state of Iram, which means purity. This involves performing ritual washing, praying and putting on Iram clothing. For men, this is two sheets of white cloth, a sign of equality and purity. Women wear clothes of a single colour that cover their whole body apart from their face. They begin by circling the Kaaba. Pilgrims circle it in an anti-clockwise direction seven times. If possible, they touch the black stone built into the Kaaba or raise their hands to acknowledge it. This stone is revered by Muslims as an ancient Islamic relic and is seen by many to be the only stone from the original Kaaba which was built by Ibrahim. As Muslims circle it, they recite the pilgrim's prayer that says, Here I am, O Lord at your service, praise and blessings to you. They then travel to Arafat, they walk along a covered walkway linking the hills of Safa and Mawa, which feature in the story of Hajira and Ishmael. After completing seven circuits of this walk, they return to the Kaaba to collect bottles of water from the well of Zamzam. They then have a 13-mile walk or ride to Arafat, possibly in high temperatures. Halfway there, they stop for the night in Mina, where they pray and read the Quran. When they are at Arafat, they spend the whole day praying under the hot sun. The heat of the sun is supposed to be a reminder of what the day of judgment will be like. Some Muslims spend the whole afternoon standing to show the depth of their faith. And the afternoon is sometimes called the standing at Arafat. Islam teaches that God will forgive the sins of all who complete the standing at Arafat, but only if they know they have done wrong. At the end of the day, Muslims walk to Muzdalifa, M-U-Z-D-A-L-I-F-A-H, where they spend the night. On the way, they collect 49 small pebbles to be used the next day at Mina. At Mina, there are three stone walls called the Jamarat. These walls represent the devil and temptation. Pilgrims throw pebbles they have collected at the walls to show that they reject evil. Many pilgrims then sacrifice an animal, a sheep, a cow or a goat. And the leftover meat that cannot be eaten is given to the poor. 
The next day they returned to Mecca to circle the Kaaba seven more times. Then they returned to Mina to spend two more nights there, remembering God and reflecting on his blessings before Hajj ends. Hajj is very important to Muslims. It's a once in a lifetime uh, trip. Once someone has completed the Hajj, they can be referred to as a Hajji. It's important because it brings about a spiritual transformation. It teaches sincerity and humility. It produces inner peace. It shows self-discipline. It emphasises unity and equality. The Iram clothing ensures there's no distinction between the rich and the poor. It reminds Muslims of the faith and examples sent, set by people like Ibrahim. And it can lead to forgiveness of sins. Jihad is the next thing we need to have a look at. Jihad is an important concept for Muslims. It refers to struggling against evil. There are two types. Firstly, a greater jihad, which is a personal inward struggle of all Muslims to live in line with the teachings of their faith. This means they must observe the five pillars of Islam. This is all part of a greater jihad. Everything that they might do, giving to charity, sadaqah, etc., is examples of ways in which Muslims can improve themselves spiritually and deepen their relationship with God. Lesser jihad is considered less important. It is the outward struggle to defend Islam from threat. In the early days of the faith, it was important when Muslims were being persecuted and they needed to protect their freedom to, protect, to practice their faith. But fighting for a religious cause, sometimes referred to as a holy war, has certain criteria that must be fulfilled. It can only be declared by a fair religious leader. It cannot be made to convert people to Islam. It must be in response to a threat to the faith. It must not be used to gain territory or wealth. It must be a last resort. So neither lesser jihad nor holy war should be used to justify terrorist acts. However, sometimes lesser jihad is misinterpreted. Muslim extremists are often called jihadists, but no Muslim for whom greater jihad is an important element of their faith would ever justify that. Now, there are three festivals that you need to know, and this is the last bit of this topic. The first one is the festival of Idul Fitr, which means the festival of breaking the fast, which Muslims celebrate at the end of Ramadan. It's celebrated for one to three days. Muslims gather together in mosques to say prayers. The imam does a sermon. Everybody wears their best clothes. It's not a national holiday in Britain, but many Muslims may be granted the day off to attend Muslim prayers and enjoy the festival. Id al-Adha is the festival of sacrifice, which remembers and honours the Prophet Ibrahim, who was willing to sacrifice his son Ishmael. However, as he was about to carry out his sacrifice, God prevented him and gave him a ram to sacrifice, and he passed the test of being willing to carry out God's commands. Idul Adha is celebrated by Muslims all over the world. Animals are slaughtered to remember Ibrahim's sacrifice. On Hajj, many pilgrims sacrifice an animal, but it's not allowed in Britain. So some British Muslims might buy an animal from their local slaughterhouse, where the animal has been killed in a halal way. Cards and presents are given. And the last festival is the festival of Ashura. The day of Ashura is a major Shia festival that takes place on the 10th day of the month of Muharram. 
Ashura means tenth. Sunni Muslims also observe Ashura, but they refer to it as the Day of Atonement, and they remember it as the day when the Israelites were freed from slavery in Egypt. Others believe that traditionally Ashura remembers the day Noah left the ark after the flood. On Ashura, Shia Muslims remember the death of Hussein, son of Imam Ali and grandson of Muhammad, in Kabbalah, in Iraq. It is a day of mourning for the martyrdom of Hussein, as he gave himself for God. His army was was overturned and, and all killed. The event had a profound effect on the surviving relatives and supporters of Hussein. They mourned him. Poems were written to retell the story, and it is remembered by Shia Muslims with much sorrow. In places like Afghanistan and Iraq and Pakistan, a public holiday takes place for Ashura, and during the day, Shia Muslims take, place in a, take part in a public expression of grief and mourning. Some even go so far as to beat themselves on the back with chains, pound their head or cut themselves in an attempt to connect with his suffering. Recently, some of these practices have been condemned, so instead reenactments and plays are performed to retell the story. For Sunni Muslims, Ashura is a day where many fast voluntarily. Many give to charity, show kindness to their family or to the poor, or recite prayers. The only other thing that is worth me mentioning for this topic is the ten obligatory acts in Shia Islam. So as well as the five pillars, Shia Muslims add a further five acts, which are the following. Jihad, as number six. Amir Bil Maruf, encouraging people to do what is good. Nahi Anil Munkar, discouraging people from doing what is wrong. Tawala, to be loving towards the friends of God, including Muhammad and the Imams. And Tabara, disassociating from the enemies of God. The spellings of these are very difficult, so you'll actually need to kind of look these up, write them down and learn them. Good luck. This is a tricky topic.